You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour two on this Monday is underway from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. It's Logan Gordon along with you. Sam and Cam, my outstanding producers on this Monday. Fan feedback line open to you at 960-960. It's been a busy one. Flames back on the ice for their first practice post-All-Star break. They're getting set to kick off a four-game road trip in Boston on Tuesday. Some new lines and deep pairings. Andre Kuzmenko, rocket number 96 out there for the Calgary Flames. Braden Pahal, after being acquired via waivers from the Las Vegas Golden Knights, was out there as well. Tell you about the lines and deep pairings we saw also. Coming up, we'll hear from head coach Ryan Huska. His thoughts on his team as they get set for a tough four-game road trip out east and some of the new pieces fitting in. Uh, Again, in the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. For Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, Crack Foundation, Boeing Foundation walls, they have a simple permanent solution to stabilize your foundation. Contact Basement Systems. They're all things basement-y. The DL Basement Systems. Dot com. Hour one, got you the latest on the Calgary Flames. Also heard from NHL insider Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick on the 32 Thoughts podcast and on the Jeff Merrick show about what's next for GM Craig Conroy, fitting in Andre Kuzmenko, what's next for Hannafin and Tanev. Also checking in on some of the other Calgary teams, the Hitman and the Wranglers, uh, as the Wranglers are in their all-star break in San Jose right now, and the Hitman. Picked up a big win Sunday night against the Edmonton Oil Kings. So if you missed any of that, check us out on the podcast. Google, Amazon, Spotify, or your favorite pod catcher. But we are kicking off Hour 2 with more on the Calgary Flames. Here from head coach Ryan Huska in just a few moments. But if you missed it earlier, our pal Julian McKenzie, who we'll talk to a little bit later on, was on the ground in Boston. He's got our lines and D pairings from Boston today. Uh, everyone curious where Andre Kuzmenko was going to slide in the lineup, uh, how they were going to fit in uh, missing center with Elias Lindholm traded to Vancouver. Well, here's how it looks. Uh, your de facto top line was Huberto with Sharon Govich centering uh, him and Kuzmenko. So Huberto with Sharon Govich, Kuzmenko. Martin Pospisil appears to be healthy and ready to go. He's back on that line with Nazem Kadri and Connor Zeri. Manjapani with Backlund and Coleman remains the same. And after uh, being recalled from the Wranglers, Rooney, Pelche, Schwint, uh, they were out there with the fourth line being centered by Cole Schwint. Walker Dewar on the right side with Rooney and Pelche shifting in on the left side. So we'll wait and see who gets the call on Tuesday in Boston. As far as the deep pairings go, Weger with Anderson, Hannafin with Tanev, Shillington with Pahal. Uh, After he was claimed off of waivers from the Golden Knights, he finds himself on the third deep pairing with Oliver Shillington. Uh, Gilbert and Osterley operating as your extra D pair. Kuzminko wearing number 96. Braden Pahal wearing number 94. So we have more on the Flames from Julian McKenzie and All-Star Weekend coming up in Hour 2. But let's check in from the Flames locker room. Our first chance to hear from a couple members of the Calgary Flames post-All-Star break. Let's start with the head coach, Ryan Huska, after his team took the ice for practice in Boston on Monday. 
Well, let's uh, start with getting everybody back here. Obviously, our first official skate together here. Um, you know, some new faces, but uh, looked like a pretty good pace to uh, your first skate back. I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was a good skate. They've been off the ice for a while, so you expect the execution to be a little bit off. But I thought for the most part it was it was a pretty good hour on the ice. What is the most important thing when you get one of those, one of that first one back? The most important thing to get the practice? Yeah. yeah. I, I, it's, it's really making sure they get their legs under them again and, and their timing to start to come back. And then for us as coaches, it's a little bit of review of, of how we have to play and what we want to do. What's your role? Uh, no, your role, sorry. What do you envision Kuzmenko's role in this team? Um, well, like anybody else, he has to contribute to our team game. Like He's going to be a guy that we're going to use on the power play. He has an offensive skill set that we want to take advantage of. Um, and he's going to be put in situations where he can help us generate some offense. But um, having said that, it's important that the understanding or the messaging to all of our players, and Kuzi included, is they have to, they have, there's got to be a lot of pride in taking care of what we're giving up. So that's an important thing for him and his linemates to need to. Weger had mentioned he was a bit of a shifty guy. Yeah. What did you make, what did you make of him skating around? I saw him try to do some moves as well. Yeah, yeah, he is. That's one of his, his attributes that he does have. Um, he can... He can play one-on-one against guys. He's got a good shot. Um, he's got composure and confidence with the puck. So you saw that in some of the power play drills we were doing today. Now it's a matter of finding a place that's a fit for him. What about Braden? What about uh, how do you envision him fitting in? Yeah, he's, uh, like, we have some depth now on the back end. Um, he's a guy that we feel he gives us a little bit of, of edge or, or physicality to our back end, but he's also someone that's been around a program that's had some success over the last little while. So... Um, understanding the, the times of game where you have to buckle down and make the good, hard, smart play. Uh, we feel like he's a guy that is, is going to be able to help us with that. It's been a long four months for uh, Jacob and, and Kevin, and their timelines really gone right next to each other. Um, you know, what does it mean, you know, when you see from them, when you get an opportunity to get them back up and, and yeah. the excitement in their face? Well, our doctors, first and foremost, and Kent and his, his medical staff have done a, a ridiculously good job of making sure they're in a position to be able to play right now and have had games under their belt in the American League. So both guys really committed to working hard um, in the gym to start with, or I should say in the training room to start with, then in the gym, then getting on the ice. Like They had a lot of time on the ice with just our skills people as well. So uh, it's not an easy thing for two guys to have to work through. I think that probably the bonus or benefit was they were almost the exact same injury, same timeline, so they were around each other all the time, which... You know, when you're having an off day, it's nice to have someone that's going through it with you. So we're happy for them, and it's nice to see them back up here. Well, and to your point, I mean, to, to everybody that plays a role in that, I mean, they're you know ahead of schedule probably in a lot of ways. I mean, they're right at that four-month mark almost yeah. exactly. Yeah, and I think that's partly due to medicine nowadays and the way guys sure. rehab from injuries like that. Um, they're pushed a lot quicker than they used to be. Um, I'm still amazed when you walk in and see the guys moving around on the table and what our trainers have them doing right away after a significant injury like that. So I, I think it's the advancements that have taken place in the medical field, but also the work that our trainers put in with these guys. So to go back to that top unit, but just chatting with Hubert about, you know, Sharon Govich moving back to the center spot too, and he thinks that that can be a good thing for him. It's maybe getting a tease earlier in the season of what he's capable of, but you feel he can slide in there and be effective? Well, we're, we're, we do. Um, he's played center in the NHL before and he had a small little test run with us at the beginning of the year when we had him on the fourth line. Um, 
he's played a little bit in Jersey before too. So that's one thing that came into play for us, that we wanted somebody that was at least comfortable being in that position. We have other options that at times I think we're going to use and work into that spot as well. But for now, we want that line to try to find a little bit of something and see if it's, it's something that we can move forward with. You have some uncertainty now taken away. There's still potentially some more over the next month. But, you know, that 30,000-foot view, you know, how do you push forward with this team from from here? Yeah, it's all the same for us. It doesn't really change. I mean, we want our guys to have the mentality that tomorrow night is the most important game. We've been that way all year long. Um, yes, there's been some recent changes to our team, uh, but we've had a lot of things over the course of the year that our team has dealt with. So it's it's... It's the next day. That's the most important day. Make sure we're energized and, and ready to play our way or our game and, and be ready to bring our best. That's what we have to do, and that's what we'll continue to do. There you go. That's Flames head coach Ryan Huska in Boston. His team gets to take on the Bruins on Tuesday night, part of a four-game road trip post-All-Star break for the Calgary Flames. Lots there with the head coach on uh, the potential returns of Jacob Pelche and Kevin Rooney, integrating some new guys into the lineup, including Andre Kuzmenko. Uh, we'll hear from Andre coming up in a little bit as well, but let's go back to the Flames locker room. Here from the captain, Michael Backlund. Uh, big changes for him, obviously. Played with Elias Lindholm for his entire tenure in Calgary, uh, but now moving forward, uh, starting off with a big road trip in Boston. Here's what the captain had to say following practice on Monday. Uh, let's get back. I mean, maybe uh, just about the break and um, obviously an eventful one in some ways, but uh, just how do you kind of come back uh, to the group and just maybe a refresh and, and a little bit of a reprieve. Yeah, no, it's great to be back. Exciting. Uh, it was a good break. Um, but, you know, excited to get back at it now and play some games and finish season and, you know, have a good push here in the second half. What about uh, today? I mean, you obviously got a few new faces out there. Um, the importance of that kind of first full skate or official skate and uh, and looking ahead here. Yeah, no, it was good to see uh uh, you know, the two new guys, uh, the three guys that got called up. And, uh, yeah, it brings some extra energy to the group, uh, having uh, those five guys join the team. And uh, I thought it was uh, good to be out there with everyone. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to get back and play games tomorrow again. And, um, yeah, really, really happy to see, you know, Pelch and Runes uh, recovering and being back with us. How did you hear about the Lindholm trade? Yeah, it was... Uh, just finished dinner with Marky and his family. Uh, my family, it's Marky's birthday there in, in uh, Cancun. And uh, go back to the room and uh, check. my wife checked her phone and uh, she said it was a done deal. And that's how we found out. What was your reaction? Uh, you know, it's always hard to see a good friend and teammate leave. But uh, it's been kind of hanging over the team uh, all year. Um, so, uh, you know, I think it was good for Lindy to get an opportunity here and uh, go away and um, yeah like I said it's always hard to see a uh, player you play with for a long time leave and uh, uh, he was a big part of our team for such a long time so um, but it's part of the business and I thought we got some really good return Did you get to talk to Lindholm I guess maybe a day after or when did you get to talk to him after it all went down? Yeah uh, you know we shot some texts back and forth uh, I, I mean I did right away as soon as I found out and then uh, um, woke up the next day. Uh, I mean, we're east, out east, and he, he was uh, uh, back home, I believe. And uh, yeah, so we texted a little bit the next day as well. What you, this is going to be another month of uncertainty till the trade deadline. Getting one piece of that uncertainty out of the way, how does that set you guys up to, to push forward here? Yeah, uh, I think the way the season's win, you know, uh, 
for some reason. I mean, Lindy was uh, uh, the one player maybe was talk, talked about most, except for Z in the beginning of the year there when he had that other trade request. So um, it takes some distraction away from the team, um, some outside noise. And, um, you know, we still got to make some decision on Hanny and Tani, obviously, and they're a big part of our group, and we'll see what happens there. But uh, um, it's good that we got some business done and uh, get some of that noise out. And, and now we can just... You know, which all year we'll be focused on playing hockey, but um, get some of these things done. It's um, um, now we know you know Kuzi's going to be with us for this year, next year. So uh, we're excited to have him. Can Can you give your impressions of what Andre Kuzmenko was like on the ice? Yeah, I know he looked really shifty. Uh, some good speed. He's a really skilled player. I remember playing against him, and uh, yeah, he just has that special skill. So I'll be excited to see him, especially tomorrow in a game. There you go. The captain, Michael Backlund, one of a number of Flames players checking in on Monday, following practice in Boston. A couple new faces being integrated into the Flames lineup. Of course, Andre Kuzmenko, the big uh, NHL name coming back in the Elias Lindholm trade. But the Flames also added somebody on the blue line coming back uh, this weekend. They required Braden uh, Pahal from the Vegas Golden Knights. He was uh, an attendee of Flames Development Camp a couple years back, but uh, been in the Vegas system the last couple of years now with the Flames wearing number 94. He was paired with Oliver Shillington at practice in Boston. He spoke to the media about this new opportunity with the Flames since being acquired on waivers. Obviously, uh, look at his you know, start as far as uh, the post-All-Star break uh, schedule, but maybe the news and how you found out. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of bittersweet. Uh, like I said before, you know, you kind of build a family with uh, your, your former teammates, so uh, it's tough leaving them, but uh, it's a new beginning and a new chapter in my career, so I'm uh, look, looking yeah. forward to it. A little whirlwind, too, here, I assume, to get uh, here and on the ice for your first practice? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's an understatement. It was a red-eye flight last night, got in early this morning, and uh, fortunate enough to get a, get a skate in before the game tomorrow, so uh, it was nice to get the legs back into it. And I would assume nice to meet teammates as well, that being kind of the first stage of uh, integrating it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, the, the staff and teammates have been very welcoming, so... Uh, super excited to get going. What's it like when you join a team and you have to meet staffers and players or new teammates for the first time? Can you describe what that's like? Yeah, it's it's uh, it's a little weird. Um, you know, I played against a lot of these guys in the American League, so uh, there's a little bit of familiarity there. Uh, I'm not sure how much they they like me, but uh, you know, hopefully, I can change their opinion of me uh, in, in the coming weeks here. Is it overwhelming? Just like just you get put in like a room, it's like hi, I'm. Braden and you're meeting all these guys. Could you describe that a little more? Yeah, I think it's just part of the business. Everybody understands uh, it's a tough situation to be in coming in midseason. But uh, like I said, everyone was super welcoming and friendly and uh, looking forward to getting, getting to know everybody better. What was it like saying goodbye to your, to your Vegas teammates? We saw a video of you hugging a couple guys on your way out. Yeah, it's super hard. Um, obviously, you know, I was fortunate enough to be with the team throughout the playoff run, and uh, you're, you're together so much during the playoffs and stuff. You just, you know, you, you learn to become a family, and uh, it's, it's just like leaving your second family. It's super difficult. Uh, you know, really good friends, uh, friends forever. So, uh, you know, like I said before, it's super difficult leaving them, but, um, you know, you're coming to a new family and you got to make new friends. So you're still the young player trying to make his way. You said it yesterday, find your way in this league. But, you know, you went all the way last year, too, and got to lift the Stanley Cup. I'm curious what that experience of, of kind of reaching that point teaches you about a guy who's you know, still trying to make it. Yeah, exactly. I think it was it was super crucial to my career to be a uh, you know, part of that run, um, just the experience and the knowledge that you gain from 
you know, being a part of it, I only played the one game, but uh, just being around the guys and seeing the commitment and dedication that they have, it's it's amazing to get to that, uh, you know, the end goal. And, you know, that's, just, that's something that I'll, I'll hopefully uh, carry along for the rest of my career. For Flames fans trying to get to know you, how would you describe yourself as a player? I think I'm a you know, hard-nosed guy. I like to just get the puck into the forwards' hands and let them do their thing. But uh, you know, my, my goal is to make life difficult on the opponents. And um, you know, I think I, I, I'm really good at PK uh, if I get the opportunity. And um, yeah. Any uh, familiarity with guys on this team opposed to you know playing against them, or any uh, familiarity with those guys? Yeah, I mean, I, I knew Zary a little bit just from being the Saskatchewan connection, but uh, you know, just playing against each other. So uh, hopefully, become uh, more friendly here uh, compared to being opponents. I'd imagine though, like the way you describe your game too, that's a bit of a compliment, knowing that uh, you know maybe a few guys knew the number coming in, right? That's... Yeah, it's kind of funny. Uh, it's how it works in the in the hockey world. A lot yeah. of times, the guys that are uh, the biggest pain in the butts on the ice are, you know, genuine guys off the ice. So hopefully I can show that side of myself. Checking in with new Flames defenseman Braden Pahal. His first practice in the books Monday in Boston. Looks like he'll be paired up with Oliver Shillington. We'll see if that remains Tuesday uh, when the Flames take the ice for morning skate ahead of their first game back post-All-Star break. But if you want more on uh, Braden, 17 games with the Vegas Golden Knights of this season. One goal. Uh, minus two. He's played 29 NHL games, put up three points. Not an offensive player by any means, but good physical. Got some size to him. He's 6'2", 202 pounds, just 24 years old. He's a right shot uh, out of Estevan, Saskatchewan. So uh, Braden Pahal looks like he'll get a good run with the Calgary Flames. And as Elliot mentioned, uh, Elliot Friedman mentioned on the 32 Thoughts podcast, perhaps some insurance uh, for the Flames going forward if they want to trade another defenseman like a Tanev or a Hannafin in the coming days or weeks. Uh, one more check-in from Boston uh, before we uh, hit the break and talk to Julian McKenzie to close out the hour. Let's hear from Jacob Pelche. You know Peltz is excited to be back in the lineup. Uh, had a great opportunity to make this team at a training camp. Suffered an injury in preseason. Now feeling healthy. He's got a couple games under his belt with the Wranglers. And uh, he's excited for the chance to get back in the lineup Tuesday against the Bruins. Here's Jacob Pelche following practice on Monday with the Flames. Let's just start with the obvious, the fact that uh, you get an opportunity here to get back out with uh, the Flames and obviously the recall. Uh, how's it feel? feels good. Uh, you know, it was a long uh, four months. And, uh, you know, it's good uh, to play games uh, the past few weeks. And now good, uh, good to be here. What, uh, Kevin just described his recall and, and getting it uh, after the final game there with the Wranglers. Uh, what about for you? And, and do you think about that journey, the process of uh, the rehab the four months? Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, you know, kind of sucked to uh, get injured the first game, the first preseason game. Uh, but now, you know, uh, I think all like the work we did since October, uh, I think it kind of prepared us for, for the game uh, the past few weeks and now we're here and I think uh, we're, uh, we're, we're pumped to, to be here of course when did uh, what about those four games with the Wranglers how did, yeah. how did it feel and uh, you know, obviously get a couple of points there as well feels good uh, you know the first game you're, you're trying to get uh, the game shape back but uh, you know it's just like to get the reps in you know uh, fill the puck uh, play games get, get hit also but uh, you know uh, f- felt good and now it's good, it's good to be here when the injury happened in, in camp, 
not to make you relive that, but yeah. what do you remember about what you experienced and everything after that? Well, I thought I was going to pass out on the ice because <laughs> it hurt, but after that, you know, it's just, uh, it's kind of um, not like a kick in the balls, but yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it sucks, but uh, I think when, when like, you look back on, on it, it kind of makes you stronger as a person and, and, and as a player. And uh, I think now I'm more, uh, I'm more kind of starving to, to be here and uh, to play games and, and to, to win games, yeah. And, and now you're on a fourth line, it, it looks like, and, yep. and they're throwing out guys like Schwint and, and, and Rooney's there too, and Dewar's there too. In terms of guidelines for where you're at on that line, like what were you told by Ryan to, to provide on that line? Just uh, to play simple, play hard, uh, and help the, help the team win. Sorry. Yeah. Jacob Peltier. Excited to see that guy back. If it's Tuesday or sometime later on the road trip, he was sort of operating as the extra forward with Kevin Rooney on the fourth line with Schwint and Dewar. But, man, the energy, especially that last game out against Chicago before the All-Star break, just so flat on a Saturday night. And I know Chicago didn't have Bedard, but it was just just not something you would expect from the Calgary Flames. And Jacob Pelche is one of those guys that can – bring that sort of energy, that sort of excitement to the rink day in, day out. And look, it's going to be a really interesting next month or so as we get closer to the trade deadline. The Elias Lindholm trade might just be the first of a few for the Calgary Flames. Maybe we see more regulars moved out. I think a kid like Jacob Pelche who brings that energy, brings that sort of excitement and enthusiasm to the rink day in, day out could be a very valuable asset. And Look, it's a young guy, a first-round pick, trying to make a name for himself on this team. I think he'll start out on that fourth line uh, as he gets acclimated back to the NHL game, but I'm excited to see where he could potentially fit in this lineup as the Flames continue down the stretch this season. When we come back, we'll chat with Julian McKenzie. He's on the road with the Flames in Boston. We'll get his initial impressions of a couple new faces for the Calgary Flames. He was at All-Star Weekend in Toronto, so we'll see what Julian thought. Uh, about the All-Star festivities and uh, what it was like to cover his first All-Star game. So looking forward to that. But before we do that, I want to let you know uh, the iconic Coors Light Chill Train is heading to Las Vegas for the big game. It just made a stop in Calgary, leaving behind a trail of epic prizes on February 6th and 7th from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. Look for its frozen tracks at Stephen Avenue's at Stevens Avenue Walk for a chance to win instant prizes that deliver big game uh, big game day chill or the ultimate grand prize, a trip to next year's big game event. No purchase necessary. It'll be 21 plus for the grand prize. Full contest details available at CoorsLight.ca slash The Chill Train. Julian McKenzie, when we return to close out another edition of Sportsnet Today, next on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. All right, we are post-All-Star break, getting set for a four-game road trip for the Calgary Flames. It starts Tuesday night in Boston. Debuts of Kuzmenko and Pahal on tap. Yegor Sharangovich centering the top line. Ton to look forward to as the Flames and the Bruins kick things off Tuesday night. It'll be a 4 o'clock Flames warm-up with the one and only Pat Steinberg. 5 o'clock puck drop as we're back to Flames hockey with Derek Wills. And Megan Mickelson, this road trip, also sees the Flames with stops in New Jersey to visit Tyler Toffoli and the Devils. 
Saturday morning hockey against the Islanders and finishing off the road trip in New York against the Rangers. We're very happy to go down the uh, Alice Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline this segment, check in with a guy live in Boston who got a first look at the Calgary Flames in person. Uh, it's our pal Julian McKenzie who covers the Calgary Flames for The Athletic. Also, wonderful contributor here on Sportsnet 960, Jay Mack. What's up, pal? Doing pretty good. Hanging out in Boston for the first time. Never been here. How are you guys doing? We're good. Initial uh, impressions of Boston, man. I've never been either. Uh, trying to get used to the food. Uh, oh. Got a pizza recommendation. Kind of weird that we have a chain called Boston Pizza when Boston <laughs> is not known for pizza, but serviceable right now. Basically, like uh, the areas I've only really been around. Like I'm not that far from the airport, but I've been around. I guess kind of where the ruins. Kind of quiet, but also very scenic. Um, just. It seems like a nice city. Hopefully, I can get a little bit more sightseeing done uh, after I finish writing everything I took in from from practice today because a uh, lot of new faces, a lot of new guys, a lot of reaction from a player no longer on the team anymore. A lot to take in after uh, Flames practice today. Uh, no doubt. And I do want to jump into all of that with you on the Flames side of things. But before we do that, you had uh, boots down in Toronto for All-Star Weekend. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think you, you mentioned on one of your social media, this is your first All-Star game. Correct. Yeah. First time I've ever been uh, covering the HL All-Star game. Yes. And what's the verdict? What was the the experience like in Toronto, man? Yo, it was dope, man. Like, I thought just like hanging around all the cool people that are there. Uh, there were some cool parties going on, too. Um, just going to the rink and seeing the All-Stars do their thing. I thought it was really cool to see in person. Uh, the draft could have been a little bit better. The skills competition was amazing. The games itself, uh, themselves, I should say, actually entertaining. Uh, they tried to get down to the wire. The last game, maybe less so than the semifinal stuff. But I, it's definitely one of those things where if you're in the building for you enjoy it. I'm not really sure how it came over. People will have their complaints about that. But I, I thought just for the experience of uh, taking in all the weird stuff, like the Michael Buble thing, apparently <laughs> was not on shrooms, but it did sound very weird. Um, and I mean, for, for flame stuff, uh, with, with Elias Lindholm getting moved during the break and then seeing him in the Canucks Jersey, that was a little bit of a weird, kind of a weird thing to kind of take in with him just putting on the Canucks Jersey for the first time, him getting picked, uh, to be on uh, team McCray for the all-star game. And he doesn't even get to play with his new Canucks teammates who are all loaded up on another squad. Interesting storyline. Uh, but it was really cool. I got a lot done. Got to hang out with some homies. Spent some time with fam as well. But also just took at some of the parties. Uh, did some SDPN stuff. Like it was, it was a good week. It was a good time. And to get thrown into All Star stuff, uh, well, from All Star stuff, uh, this road trip for the Flames, pretty unique trip. Pretty unique trip. I'm, I'm not burnt out as of yet, but uh, I'm powering through it. So if you were to say be in a city where they might be in the process of finishing up a new rink in a couple of years, like say Calgary. And part of that comes with say an all-star game. The first couple of years after that arena is opened, would you be selling fans on a fun all-star experience or something like that were to come to Calgary when the new rinks open? Oh yeah, for sure. Like, like the idea of like seeing NHL, like I, I always get so torn up about hearing people say, like, we, the all cares 
like it's an opportunity for people to see the best of the game. And I also get a little frustrated seeing the the players who don't really care about this either. Like seeing a guy like Nikita Kucherov kind of go through the motions of that weekend. Like this is an opportunity for younger fans who the league wants to push the push it towards, you know, so they could, you know, add to the list of people who 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 watch games and lower the average age of viewers and stuff. Like they want to see something that's fun, that's cool, that's exciting. And having in Toronto where you're able to have guys like Justin Bieber and Michael Buble, even though he's not from Toronto, but he's a have uh, Will Arnett also there as well, Tate McRae. Like having the cool people around the game makes it like a cool thing, makes it something that people want to get into. Like that's how it works with some of these things. Like again, I could understand for adults. Uh, this is not necessarily marketed to them or much older people, I would say more than the ages of you and I, Logan. They might look at that and be like, eh, like it's not for me or whatever. But for the young kids, like that's I think that's kind of what you have to do. You have to do stuff that'll get them into it. Like I, I think of the jerseys, right? Like a lot of people were dumping on them. They look kind of weird. The nameplates at the bottom, the number faces there. <laughs> All throughout Toronto, I saw people wearing either the blue one, the white one. One, not as much the red one. I thought the red one wasn't as good, but like as long as you're getting younger people into it, like that's good. I, I can't speak for how it resonated in the states, but I, I think just if you're around the city, if you're around what was going on, the fanfare stuff, it seemed like it was a pretty decent time. But I don't know if I'm also clouding this off the fact to experience this uh, before this year, but it seems in terms of talking to other people, a lot of other people did enjoy the festivities, and and I think maybe the league probably feel similarly the players definitely did too though i should say like Connor mcdavid i straight up asked him like do you consider the weekend a success and he said that it, it was so uh julian we're, weekend, gonna, and, we're just reconnecting oh, cutting off? yeah we're just cutting off a little bit there cam's just going to reconnect with you in just a second there uh we're checking cool. in with julian mckenzie from the athletic he's in boston uh was at practice for the flames today they're uh kicking off a four-game road trip in boston taking on one of the league's best in the bruins on tuesday and Julian was also uh, in Toronto for All-Star Weekend, so going over some of the festivities there because a number of people have pointed out um, the NHL likes to reward some of these cities uh, with new arenas, uh, with things like the draft or All-Star Games. And while the draft might not be in the same format that it was um, going forward, uh, wouldn't stun me when the new arena is done here in Calgary that all of a sudden we see a an all-star game come to our city and wouldn't that be something cool? I've, I've kind of adopted the all-star game, you know, I'm kind of equating it to things like the outdoor events more and more just because I, I think they want to sell it to as many people as possible. But I think at the end of the day, it's probably a more for a made in the city that it's hosted in type of event. They were really cool for a lot of time, but at the same, if you're not there, if you're not, getting access to the fans, you're not going to some of the events, you don't have a lot of all-star representatives there, then I, I think some of the shine walks off. But you hear from a guy like Julian, who we got back on the line, and it sure sounds like everybody, Julian, uh, as we got you back now, as you mentioned, the players and the fans, I, I kind of mentioned as we were getting you back there, I kind of look at the all-star games now as kind of like the outdoor games where I think the NHL would like it to be a big league-wide league -wide spectacle, but at the end of the day, I think the players, as long as they enjoy it and that city gets a good experience, at the end of the day, that's kind of all that matters. Yeah, I also I still think for the All-Star game, the All-Star weekend, like if you're showcasing the players, like you have to get people who are really 
into it. And I got that sense from some of the guys that they were at least like willing to play along with some of the festivities. I guess there were some guys who were probably just thankful that it was done. They could get out of there and focus back on their teams. But to have guys like Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews be essentially the centerpieces of that weekend and, and be really into it, show up on the red carpet, dress well, all this stuff. Like I, I, I think that at least having that is a, is a good foundation uh, and I think for the fans who were around it, whether they're in the stands or whether they were around the city of Toronto, like I thought they were enjoying it, but you're right. Like it's, it's something that I think it's a lot, it resonates a lot more if you're in the city, if you're in the country, as opposed to like, you know, if we're watching an all-star game in like Minnesota or something. Uh, Julian McKenzie along with us from the athletic contributor here at Sportsnet 960 as well. And uh, let's dive over to some flame stuff, but kind of related uh, to the team, you got a chance to to hear from Elias Lindholm, probably a whirlwind uh, of a weekend for him getting traded and meeting a bunch of his teammates in Toronto. What did you kind of hear from Elias about the whole process and how he's feeling heading to Vancouver now? Yeah, it seems like he uh, is excited about the opportunity to go to Vancouver, getting to meet all those guys. Uh, my my colleague at uh, at the Athletic, uh, Thomas Trance, has been basically detailing you know what it's been like for him uh, in 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 Vancouver. They're in Carolina now. Uh, I believe last I checked with line stuff, I think he's playing on a second line with Elias Pedersen, which isn't a complete surprise considering how uh, it seems like a lot of people were, were pitching, were pitching, pitching him as a guy who could play alongside PD and, and, and do well there. But in terms of the immediacy of everything with regards to the trade and everything after that, I think that it can't think of any other guy. I mean, that's such a wild experience for a guy like him to go through where you're going from Mexico. You have an idea that you're probably going to get moved considering how things are going in terms of, in terms of contract negotiations, you're on a flight, your phone goes off <laughs> and then you realize, Oh man. Oh wow. I'm getting flipped to, to, to Vancouver of all places. And even some of the guys, uh, we were talking to today, guys like Rasmus Anderson and Michael Baglin, like they were in Mexico and they kind of heard through the grapevine through social media that uh, Elias Lindholm would end up getting traded. And I think in the case of Rasmus, he let stuff die down and he waited until the next day to reach out to him. I believe with Rast, I believe with Michael Backlund, he kind of tried to get to him right away. Uh, I think Lindholm had mentioned that he had gotten in contact with Jacob Markstrom as well, too. He had some advice about Vancouver. There's a lot going on. Uh, with regards to that, and I think Weaker mentioned that some guys obviously didn't get to, I think most guys didn't get to say goodbye to Lindholm in person. So to, to kind of take in that side of the trade where, you know, this is a guy who was on a team for parts of five seasons and during an all-star break where everyone's taking time for themselves, their families, with their friends, with their teammates, and this happens, I, I can understand why some guys might feel a little disappointed and sad, but you know, it's a, you guys are professional hockey players. You guys have to move on. Uh, and for a guy like Lindholm, for him to play in Vancouver now, I'm really interested in how that's going to work out for him over there. And there are a lot of people who are saying that he's a good fit and he'll be able to provide in a in a role while working alongside Patterson, while working alongside uh, J T Miller. And obviously, we know how good the defense is in Vancouver as well. Like it's a, it's going to be really fascinating to see how it works out for him there. Uh, that leaves the Calgary Flames without their number one center. And uh, as you tweeted out in Boston earlier today, that uh, leaves us with some interesting new options for uh, head coach Ryan Huska. And he kind of goes the way of disrupting the lineup as least possible, if that makes sense. He kind of 
you know, tries to keep as much together as he can uh, and just sort of shakes up the first line. And that means Yegor Sharon Govich gets the duties of playing number one center with Jonathan Huberto and Andre Kuzmenko. First with uh, Kuzmenko, what were your initial impressions uh, seeing him in Flames Red, Julian? It feels like he has a skill set that not many of other guys on the team have as much of, uh, just the shiftiness, the shot. Uh, I saw him try to make some deeks at some points in practice too. Like he has that skill set. I think that this team really, really needs. And I think putting him in a top six rule, he's on the line where he's on with, with, with Sharon Govich and Huberdo that could set him up for success. And, and for the players, they could benefit from, from that skill set again. I also am wondering how much that will benefit Jonathan Huberdo when we, think of his place in the lineup and the lines that have worked for him in the past in Florida, uh, just having a capable center and a right winger who can score goals and has some pace. I'm thinking of a guy like Anthony Duclair as an example. It seems as if that's worked out for, for Huberto. So I'm really curious to see how it works with a player in Kuzmenko who has the scoring ability, has scored in the, in the National Hockey League before, and will also get power play time as well. I'm just curious to see how those two will link up. And then Sharon Govich, uh, it, it's, it's seeing him at center. We've seen him at center before he played on the fourth line earlier this year at that position. How does playing at center impact his game while also still playing in a consistent line mate with, with Jonathan Hubert? That's going to be a really interesting combination when we see them play tomorrow in Boston. Speaking of, uh, of Sharon Govich, um, I think a lot of people have looked at Kuzmenko and thought, a similar process could happen to what the Flames did with Yegor Sharangovich. Do you see a, a similar path there? Are they different, obviously coming from different situations in New Jersey and Vancouver? Is it the same sort of idea for Craig Conroy and company that, hey, we're going to take an opportunity on a guy, take a chance, and maybe given more opportunity in Calgary than their previous destination, that player can return to to sort of flourishing results? Do you see the same, or is it – kind of two separate cases in your mind. I think what you're, what you're asking is a pretty interesting way of looking at it because Kuzmenko sort of went through the same thing as Sharon Govich, where Sharon Govich once upon a time was an option in, in New Jersey as a top six forward, kind of playing in the middle of the lineup. And then eventually after a while, he gets relegated to middle and bottom six numbers. And then he gets scratched a couple times. And of course, his numbers aren't going to look the same. So the Flames take a chance on him. They put him in top-line situations. They move him up in the lineup. And lo and behold, he's, he's playing really well. Kuzmenko had a really good year in Vancouver. And then Rick Tockett comes in. And then his placement in the lineup changes. And now the Flames get an opportunity to, take to, 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 to benefit from his skills, see where he could fit in that team. And if he's able to play well, maybe he can return at least close to that form that he showed in, in, in his first year in Vancouver. Like, that could work out. I think it's not that all far-fetched to say that they're the same. I guess the, there's some subtle differences in terms of uh, their maybe their skill set. I mean, Sharon Govich is – I mean, actually, no, both of them really have pretty good shots. And maybe it's a little deceptive at times. I wouldn't say they're necessarily the same player, but I, I think just Sharon Govich's versatility just kind of shines out a little bit more. But I think in terms of their, their backgrounds of how the Calgary Flames were able to get them – I understand why you draw the similarities that you've drawn. He wasn't the only new face we had at practice. and had a couple of guys back up from the Calgary Wranglers uh, in Kevin Rooney and Jacob Pelche, and it's kind of funny how uh, – not funny for them, but 
Um, weird how the timelines have sort of worked out that they've both come back from different injuries and are kind of coming back at a time, Julian, where the Flames could sure use one or both of those guys to help give that fourth line an identity going forward, hey? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, Peltier straight up said himself, like, you just he needed to provide some energy on that fourth line. And Kevin Rooney also said the same thing, too, just to provide that speed. I mean, in terms of, of terms of putting numbers on the board, I get it. Kevin Rooney doesn't have much of a track record with the Flames on that, but he's someone who at the very least plays with some kind of pace. And right now, this team still needs to put together a, a capable fourth line that can go up with their other top three lines. And seeing guys like Rooney and Peltier kind of go in and out during practice today, Cole Schwint looks like he's going to be back center for sure. And Dewar's that right jaw on the right. You need something, you need a line to work, especially in the absence of H.A. Greer, who's going to be injured for this game and beyond. Uh, between Peltier and Rooney, two healthy bodies, two guys who have energy in their DNA or at least try to bring it in their game, uh, there's an opportunity for, for a new look fourth line to solidify itself. But they have to show it uh, against Boston uh, against Boston tomorrow night. And uh, a new look uh, defenseman as well is uh, Braden Pahal joins the group. Uh, our pal Ryan Pike, who also covers the Flames, uh, noted he was a development camp uh, invitee a couple years back. So the Flames are uh, pretty familiar with the 24-year-old, big body, right shot coming in. And uh, curious what you saw from him. He was paired up with Oliver Shillington at practice. Yeah, I, I think a lot of the attention went to Kuzmenko, but Pashal tried. We tried to get as much as I could with him, and I tried to ask him, you know, hey, what what can fans expect from him? You mentioned the right shot stuff. You mentioned this, you mentioned his abilities. I think just the big thing with him is seeing how his physical ability comes out. That seems to be something he leans on, and just trying to make it hard for the opposition to do anything by him. Let's see how that works with him uh, in the lineup. He lined up with Oliver Shillington as of defensive pairing. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued with that. Where. You have a smooth skater in Oliver, and then and then Prashal could be more of a, a, a stay-back guy if you need to, or at least someone who's a little bit more physical between the two players. Uh, I'm, I'm intrigued by – I think a lot of people are going to be looking, obviously, at Andre Kuzmenko and his fit. Prashal could be a guy coming in and out of the lineup, but considering some of the questions that are going to be asked of this team in terms of their roster composition and who could be going, who could be staying, who could be signed, there's an opportunity for 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 Pichal to to possibly you know carve a everyday spot for himself in the lineup even past the the trade deadline depending on how things go and I don't think you can be shooting wrong if you get a a, a right shot defenseman on your team especially at six two over two hundred pounds and 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 is able to fit in your lineup I mean I get it it doesn't have a ton of mileage on him but this guy's like twenty four years old like there's he's still a young defenseman with room to grow. And uh, just before we let you go, uh, Boston's the start of it, but man, it's a tough four-game road trip for the Flames right out of the uh, the All-Star game and out of the All-Star week, I should say. Uh, Boston, New Jersey to see Tyler Toffoli and the Devils, and then New York, New York. Uh, no easing into it for this group, eh? No, uh, especially with where they're at in the standings. It's not a. It's not the. <laughs> there's no slouches on this on this road trip for this team. You have the Bruins who have looked as good as, I mean, not as good as they were last year. But this is a really good team from top to bottom that definitely wants to improve on how things ended for them last year. You have an Islanders team uh, that's trying to fight for a playoff spot right now. I know they're a couple points back of the Red Wings for that wild card spot but they're still in the thick of things. They just got themselves a new head coach. 
they're trying to take advantage of that bump. The New Jersey Devils are a little bit, are actually not that far behind from the Islanders, just one point back. But that's a team that desperately needs to get itself back in the win column. But they have three games. They got three games in hand on Detroit. Like there's time for them to, 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 to make a go of it here. And unless my eyes deceive me, uh, checking on Twitter today, I believe Jack Hughes is back at practice uh, for the Devils wearing a non-contact jersey. So he might not be, it might not be too long until we see him back and maybe the Devils can do something. But of course you have the new, new, the New York Rangers who are the best team in the Metropolitan Division. Like that's, that's going to be, that could be the toughest team of all three of those teams, but everyone in, on that road trip has something to play for. And if you're the Flames and yeah, good for them. They, they found a way to get a win over Chicago before the break, but you could find yourself falling even further down in the standings if you're not able to pick up some W's on this road trip. Going to be tough, uh, but going to be interesting to see how these new lines and D pairings work out. Uh, Julian, always appreciate the time, man. Looking forward to uh, chatting it up with you again later this week. Uh, Enjoy Boston, man. Awesome, man. Thanks so much, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Julian McKenzie from The Athletic covering the Calgary Flames, also a regular contributor here on Sportsnet 960, joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. He's with the team on this road trip. He had the latest lines and D pairings at practice, which saw, of course, Andre Kuzmenko, his first time out with the team, on a line with Yegor Sharangovich at center and Jonathan Huberto on the wing. Rooney and Pelche back with the club. Uh, they were operating on the left wing with Walker Dewar and Cole Schwint at center on the fourth line. And then, of course, Braden Pashal, uh, who came in from the Vegas Golden Knights as a waiver claim uh, on the third pairing with Oliver Shillington. So going to be some new faces in the lineup Tuesday for the Calgary Flames. See how they get on in the post-Elias Lindholm era of Calgary Flames hockey. That's going to put a wrap on the show today. It's been a busy one. Lots of Calgary Flames conversation. Heard from head coach Ryan Huska, Michael Backlund, Jacob Pelche, and Braden Bashal all on this practice day for the Calgary Flames. Checked in on the Calgary Hitmen and the Calgary Wranglers and uh, got the latest from Boston with Julian McKenzie. If you missed anything on the program today, feel free to check us out on the podcast, Google, Amazon, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher. We'd love to have you along for the ride. If you listen live or on the podcast today, appreciate it. Thank you for sending a text in. If you did at 960-960, we'll be back tomorrow to get you set for the Flames and the Boston Bruins on our first game day post-All-Star break, so looking forward to that. But for now, we'll hand things over to Real Kipper and Bourne. Flames Talk is back with Pat Steinberg and Aaron Vickers this evening. Thanks to Cam and Azam for their great work as my producers on this Tuesday. Have a great Monday. Check uh, Check in with you tomorrow on another edition of Sportsnet Today here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.